Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Talking Flicks podcast. Today we are going to be discussing the news that there will be a Harry Potter series. However, this has had some pushback from fans because they're going to dedicate a season to each book, which means they're going to recast the main cast of Harry Potter, which means there'll be a new Harry Potter and Daniel Radcliffe will no longer be Harry Potter. So obviously some people have pushed back against this and we'll dive into depth about all this news in the episode. However, before we get started, I do have to kindly ask you guys to leave a review for the show and to follow us on Instagram at Talking Flicks, as it really does help this podcast grow and it's just the kindest thing that you guys can do for me to help me produce better content for you guys. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode, which is all about Harry Potter. out about a week ago saying that they're going to reboot the Harry Potter franchise. However, they're not taking it in a way that many people expected. A lot of people thought that they would want to bring back the original cast and there were some rumors going around that they were going to make a Cursed Child movie and that the main cast from Harry Potter would return, meaning that Daniel Radcliffe would be back, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, and Draco Malfoy, like all those main guys were going to return for a Cursed Child movie. And while that may happen, I still think it possibly could happen. There's the news that they're going to be recasting the whole Harry Potter franchise and starting from the beginning as they want to start with a series and they're going to dedicate a season to each book, which is good. And I'm going to look at it from both sides, the negatives and the positives, as I do think there are some positives from a storytelling perspective. However, from a fandom perspective, I really don't see much positive in them recasting the main group of guys because it's just going to get pushback from fans and it might disappoint a lot of people. But let's just get stuck into the positives and negatives about this news. And we'll start off with the negatives. And the first negative is that How can you recast these characters? Like, can they possibly recast the main group of Harry Potter, those main actors, and have it go successfully? Now, that's a question that... I don't know if there's a straight answer to because there will be people out there going, oh no, it will be cool for new generations to grow up with a new set of Harry Potter cast members. But a lot of the people who have grown up with the original Harry Potter films and went through that early 2000s period with them, they're going to not like to see new faces playing those characters and it won't feel the same. It won't have the same vibe. And in my opinion, I think they really lucked out with the casting for the original movies because... Daniel Radcliffe being cast as Harry Potter is just perfect. He wasn't even an actor before he was cast. I believe he was in a theater with his parents and there were producers from the Harry Potter film that were still looking to cast Harry Potter. And they saw him in the theater and they went up to his parents and said, your kid looks exactly like Harry Potter. We need him in these movies. And that's how he got cast. I think it was just so lucky. I think the chemistry was amazing between the actors and I don't know if you can get that again. I think that was a lightning in a bottle moment where you can't really recreate the perfection that was the original Harry Potter films from the casting to the chemistry to the writing, just everything about it. 
I feel worked perfectly. And so if they're going to go and recast these main actors, what if they don't get along as well? What if that chemistry reads on screen? What if people can't get past the fact that it's not Daniel Radcliffe and Harry Potter looks a little different? Because let's face it, Daniel Radcliffe looks exactly like Harry Potter, even from the books. The covers of the books, when they had the photos of Harry Potter, like cartoon style, it looked like Daniel Radcliffe before J.K. Rowling even knew who Daniel Radcliffe was. He was born to play that role. And so I think if they're going to recast these cast members, there's going to be obvious blowback. There's going to be angry fans. And rightfully so. I do think I will be a little disappointed because it just won't be the same. And I think when you grow up with a certain set of characters and a certain actor playing that character, you can become very attached to it. And especially with Harry Potter, which is probably the most successful franchise of all time, arguably the biggest uh, cinematic franchise of all time, and so rewatchable so that people grew up watching these movies in the cinema and then they rewatched them. Like for me, for example, I rewatch the Harry Potter franchise maybe twice a year. That's like a low number for me. Maybe a couple years in my lifetime, I've seen it five or six times from first movie to the last movie throughout the year. Like I constantly go on a Harry Potter binge. Anytime I'm on a plane, I'll watch Harry Potter if it's on the entertainment system. It's just one of those franchises and one of those films that where you can just rewatch it over and over again and get the same enjoyment from it. It's just so magical and so special. And I think a lot of people have that sort of feeling towards Harry Potter. And so if they're going to go and recast them, People have re-watched the franchise so much, they've grown way too attached to the actors playing those roles. I mean, you can't tell me Hermione Granger isn't Emma Watson. Obviously, in the books, it's different, but you can't tell me that watching it on screen, you can watch someone play Hermione and it not be Emma Watson. It just won't be the same. It just won't be enjoyable. And a lot of people say that about the play, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play, where someone plays Harry Potter on stage and someone plays Ron Weasley on stage. And obviously, it's not the film actors and people still can't get past it because to them Rupert Grint is Ron Weasley Emma Watson is Hermione Granger and Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter like it's just that's the way it is and so if they're going to recast those main actors I just don't see how it can go down well I just don't see how people can grow accustomed and grow comfortable with seeing someone else play those characters and moving on to another negative is that Will fans enjoy seven seasons? Is that too much? We got seven movies, well, eight movies really, because Deathly Hallows was divided up into two parts. And so we got the movies, and that's okay, but a season, which means maybe an hour to an hour and a half each episode, maybe eight to 10 to 12 episodes a season, and it's going to span over seven years maybe, even longer sometimes when you look at something like Stranger Things where it might be two or three years between a season. Can fans stay, I guess, excited for something with it spanning over that amount of time, with it being seasons and that amount of content? Will it come across as a money grab or will people be really invested? I know if they get it right for me, I will happily watch 8, 12, 30 episodes a season for 20 years straight because I just love Harry Potter. However, I don't know with it being new cast members, new dialogue, if I'll enjoy it as much. You know, if they were to make seven seasons 
back in the early 2000s with Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint. I would watch that over and over again. I would never get sick of it because I just love that cast. I just love the whole magical element that everything just worked in unison. Everything was perfect for the original Harry Potter franchise. And if that was a TV series, I would have enjoyed it. But with them recasting, will people be able to watch seven or eight seasons of this show? I don't really know if that will work. I don't know if it expanding it that much will work for the fandom of Harry Potter. And the third negative is, is it too soon? Especially when you talk about recasting the characters, it's only been, what, 11 years? I believe 2011 was, so it's been 12 years. Uh, 2011 was the final movie. So is it too soon to start it up again? Is it too soon to recast? Will it come across as just uncomfortable because it's still in the back of our heads? I mean, I still remember the day I went to the cinema to watch Deathly Hallows. Like, it's it doesn't seem that far in the past. It doesn't seem that long ago for it to be a complete reboot and for people to be comfortable with that. However, sometimes we can be wrong with that. When you look at Spider-Man, that's had plenty of reboots a few years apart and people still enjoy it. So maybe people would still enjoy it. But is it too soon? I think that's a question that bears asking is, has it been long enough since the whole franchise ended? I would say that it's the perfect time now for there to be a Cursed Child movie with the original cast returning as the parents of the kids going to Hogwarts now. I think that would work perfectly. I think it's been just enough time between the last movie to now to watch that. However, to restart the whole thing with a television series... I don't know. I don't know if it's been long enough to warrant that and for that to actually be enjoyable for the fans. And the final negative is you got to ask the question, is it just a money grab? Are they doing this just to make money for the financial benefits? They know it will make billions of dollars. Harry Potter is massive and every new generation of kids grows up reading the books and then watching the movies because they read the books. Maybe they get the audio tapes like I had as a kid and you just grow up being so invested in Harry Potter into that magical world and so many people, new generations coming up, new six or seven-year-olds will be reading the Harry Potter books. And so, I don't know, they know they'll make a lot of money from it. Are they going to rely on that? Are they purely doing this knowing that there's a massive fan group so that all those people will spend the money to watch the series and they'll just make a whole bunch of money off it? Is that the idea behind it? Or do they really want to honor the intentions of the book? You have to ask those questions when it comes to big studios making stuff because also the change from a movie to a television series means more episodes, more content, more money for themselves. Did they do it so they could flesh out the story better, flesh out the relationships better? That's what I would hope from a storytelling perspective. Or did they just elongate it? and make it seven seasons, so seven years of all this content just to make more money, you have to ask that question. And that is one looming negative when it comes to them restarting this whole thing with a television series is, is it just for monetary gain? Because to me, as a storytelling fan, as a film fan and a Harry Potter fan, uh, first and foremost, 
it would suck for it to come across as a money grab and for it to not be good. You know, I watched the Santa Claus series that came out around Christmas time, and that was so bad in comparison to the Santa Claus movies. And it was bad because they didn't put any effort in. They hired cheap writers, cheap actors, just so they could make a lot of money. And so with Harry Potter, are they going to hire young, cheap screenwriters, young, unknown actors to play these big roles just so they don't have to pay them as much and they can make a bunch of money? What's going to happen there? Is it just for money or do they really want to honor the intentions of J.K. Rowling and honor the intentions of the book? You have to ask that question. But moving on, there are some positives when it comes to this. And in my opinion, having a full season allows for more of the book to seep in. I think by having a full season per book of Harry Potter, it allows them to flesh out the elements of the book on screen. Because when you watch the Harry Potter movies, while they are great, they don't really compare to the books because they just, they drop the ball in some moments. And of course, you get two to two and a half hours to, you know, shrink down a book and package it and tell it in a in a good, concise way. And that's very difficult. When you have a book of 500, 600 pages, it's very hard to package that and tell the story exactly as it is in two hours. That's almost impossible. So they had to cut out a lot of moments. They skipped over a lot of moments. They couldn't flesh out the relationships as much as you'd like. And so I think by having a full season, it allows no excuses. They can completely add every element from the book into the season. So maybe we'll see exactly what we read and imagined in our minds. We'll see that play out on screen and that could be really fun. That could be really cool and enjoyable. So I would definitely enjoy it if they were able to implement every page, every sentence that you read from the book and put it on screen. I think by having a series, it allows them no excuses. Like they can definitely get that across because what do you get an hour to an hour and a half each episode these days? So if they did eight to 10 episodes, you're easily getting 10 to 15 hours of content. You can tell a book story in 10 to 15 hours. So I think it allows them more room to breathe and more room to get across everything from the books and put that on screen. A second positive is it allows the relationships to, I guess, form better and to flesh them out better because especially when it comes to Harry and Ginny, that felt very rushed in the movies. It was sort of like you knew Ginny was going to like Harry Potter eventually and then one movie, they're just dating. Basically, that's how it happened. They're not even looking at each other romantically and Ginny's so much younger and then all of a sudden they're just dating when it comes to, what was it, the Half-Blood Prince or Deathly Hallows? I can't remember which one it was, but they just start dating all of a sudden. And so that was, it was weird. You didn't see the whole awkwardness, the tension rise between them throughout each movie. Like they weren't able to build on that because they had to skip over that to tell other bits of the story and put that in the film. So by having a television series, they can flesh out the relationships and you can see them start to form and grow better. Also, when it comes to uh, Ron and Hermione, their relationship felt a little rushed as well. There were scenes, maybe two or three scenes from Goblet of Fire onward, or maybe Prisoner of Azkaban onward, that you started to see the relationship forming, but it was brewing the whole time. And there are so many moments and elements from the book about their relationship that make it so great that they weren't able to get across in the movies, and they kind of dropped the ball on that in the movies. And that was probably the biggest negative when it came to the original Harry Potter franchise films was that... The relationship between Ron and Hermione 
didn't really come across as well as it did in the books. So they were able to flesh out those relationships better in a television series, and I would really enjoy that. I think that's definitely a positive that comes from it being a television series and retelling the stories is so many elements of relationships and friendships and world building uh, in the books that will definitely be able to get across by putting it in a television series. Now, the third positive is that they have even more money for special effects. Now, this is a wizarding movie. Special effects play a big part. In the first couple of movies, one, it was early 2000s, effects weren't as good yet, and they didn't have as much money. You have guaranteed $3 billion from this. Guaranteed, easily. They have so much money that at their disposal that they know they can uh, spend because they're going to make it back because they're such a big fan group. So they can pour in so much money to the special effects budget and I think there's room for there to be really cool effects, really cool designs and CGI uh, in the television series because they know they're going to make that money back. This can easily be a one to two billion dollar budget for a television series, maybe not per season, but easily 800 million to a billion a season. Like they know they're going to make their money back. So the effects, I don't think there's any excuse for them to be bad. So I think we can definitely see some cool things going on with the effects and maybe with how they do the castle. I don't know if they're going to go back to the original castle they filmed at for Hogwarts in Scotland, or if they'll add more effects to it and make it look even more grand and special. We don't know, but there's definitely more money for the budget. So expect some cooler costumes, cooler special effects. I think that'll be really sick to see in a Harry Potter series. And a fourth positive is that they can flesh out Voldemort's backstory. They can get more into the nitty gritty and the nuances of how he came to power. Maybe him uh, doing all the Horcruxes and going through each of the seven of them and building up those Horcruxes through his Tom Riddle stage, I think they can definitely go back and flesh out Voldemort a little more because the movies didn't really do that. They kind of just started and you knew Voldemort was very powerful. You knew he was an extremely powerful evil wizard, but they didn't go much into his backstory. They only showed a few clips here and there. There was maybe a scene or two in like three of the movies where you saw Tom Riddle, where you saw Voldemort in his younger years at Hogwarts and then early years in adult life. And I think if they are able to flesh out his character more, they can definitely rise the stakes, I guess, in the storytelling of Harry Potter, because Voldemort, in my opinion, is probably the greatest antagonist in storytelling history. In my opinion, he's the greatest antagonist in storytelling history, and the movies didn't really build him up enough, in my opinion. So I think if they were to redo it and they were to make it a television series, there's much more room for them to flesh out Voldemort, to bring up the stakes of his character and really make him that powerful, evil wizard that he is in the books because reading him in the books gave me nightmares. The movie version, not so much. So I think if they're able to flesh out his backstory, his character himself, and and really make him that great antagonist that he is, it could be something that rivals the Joker and Batman, for example, because right now, in my opinion, that's the greatest cinematic villain of all time. But there's definitely a spot for uh, Voldemort to come in and fill those shoes. I think Voldemort can easily be the greatest cinematic villain ever. So... That will be exciting to see if they're able to go back into his backstory and build up Voldemort to a higher standard, a higher level. And another positive 
is there'll be more Dursley moments. I think that'll be really cool. Definitely at the start of like season one, that whole first episode will probably be completely Dursley, like Dursley's for the whole hour. And that'll be cool because they kind of skip over it. You get five to 10 minutes at the beginning of each movie with Harry Potter, where he's with the Dursleys and you see that relationship, but they'll be able to build up that family dynamic and that relationship better. And his, uh, his relationship with Dudley and Petunia, I think more Dursley moments in the series could be really cool. So that would be exciting to see as well. Now, those are all the negatives and positives that I have for a new Harry Potter reboot and it being a series. Now, there are definitely a a few more negatives than positives, but I try to show, I guess, the light at the end of the tunnel. And a lot of people are like, no, I don't want this. I don't want to see it. But hopefully through some of the positives that I shared, you might start to think, oh, okay, I see why they're doing it. There could be something good in there. And I don't want to be completely negative, but I am with a lot of you guys. I am a little upset that they're going to recast because that's the big issue for me is that I just don't want to see someone else fill those Harry Potter shoes other than Daniel Radcliffe or Emma Watson or Rupert Grint, you know. They're the guys I like. Ralph, uh, Rafe Fiennes playing uh, Voldemort. Those are the best actors for the role. I think they captured lightning in a bottle with the original cast and it would suck to see new cast members. So I am with you. I am a little upset by it, but I do acknowledge that there are some positives and there's a lot of money at stake. But to finish off the episode, I wanted to do something fun with this thing as we we're talking about Harry Potter. And I was going to rank my favorite Harry Potter movies because this is a big thing. You know, a lot of people that have their different rankings know this is the best Harry Potter movie. This is the best Harry Potter movie. So I'm going to go through my rankings and see how it compares to you guys and uh, let me know and strip me a message on Talking Flicks on Instagram if you agree with my rankings or disagree. And I'll break down why I have them in each position that I have them. So at number one for my favorite Harry Potter movie is Prisoner of Azkaban. I think Prisoner of Azkaban is easily the best Harry Potter movie from its storytelling elements to its dialogue, its script, to the amazing cinematography in the film, as well as just the really quirky nature. In my opinion, the wizarding world in Harry Potter should be quirky. They're wizards, there's magic. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little quirky. And I think Prisoner of Azkaban captured that to its full extent. It captured that really, really well. Even from the cinematography to the transitions it was a little different the movie was made in a quirky way from the dialogue to the uh, soundtrack everything was a little skew whiff everything was a little off a little quirky and I think that represents the wizarding world really well and to me Alfonso Cuaron is a great director and I think uh Prisoner of Azkaban is his best movie as well. It was really him at his peak. He made a really good film with Prisoner of Azkaban. And in my opinion, that's the best cinematic film when it comes to the Harry Potter franchise. At number two, I put in Half-Blood Prince. I think the stakes in Half-Blood Prince, the way that David Yates was able to rise up the tension and really build up those stakes in that movie, it really set the bar and set the tone for the next two films, for Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Part 2. They wouldn't have been the same if it wasn't for Half-Blood Prince. I think Half-Blood Prince really nailed it to turn Harry Potter from the lighthearted, fun Harry Potter world, and that really dropped it in the deep end. It just made it dark, made it gritty, and from that point on, it just had people, you know, strapped in, waiting for those last two movies. I think David Yates did an amazing job with Half-Blood Prince. I absolutely love that movie, so that comes in at number two for me. And number three, 
I have Deathly Hallows Part 2. Some people say Part 1, but to me, Part 2, it wraps up everything. I think it was incredibly made film. It's kind of on par with Part 1. I don't separate them as much, but because it wraps everything up and you have that great battle sequence at the end, Deathly Hallows Part 2 comes in at number 3 for me, and number 4 is Deathly Hallows Part 1. The only reason it's a little bit worse than than Part 2 Two is because it doesn't wrap things up and it kind of gets a little bit monotonous, a little bit boring when they're chasing the Horcruxes, but only for 10, 15 minutes and then they get back to it also. Deathly Hallows Part Two, uh, Part 1 comes in at number 4 for me. And number five is Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix is another great movie. And that's one thing you have to take into account when ranking Harry Potter movies is there isn't really a bad Harry Potter film, in my opinion. So, like, even the worst Harry Potter film that I rank at number seven or number eight, I should say, it's still not a bad movie. It's just the worst out of all the great films. But at number five, I put in Order of the Phoenix because it's just not as good as Deathly Hallows. It's not as good as Half-Blood Prince, but it does save itself at the end with probably the best battle sequence in the whole Harry Potter franchise. In my opinion, Order of the Phoenix has the best battle sequence at the end when you see Sirius Black die, Bellatrix Lestrange kills him, and then Voldemort comes in at the Ministry and he starts fighting Dumbledore and you have that amazing battle between fire and water with Dumbledore and Voldemort and you really, it's the first time that you see Dumbledore's insane power. You really see why Dumbledore is the greatest wizard in the world, why uh, even Voldemort is scared of Dumbledore, because you see how powerful he is. He's amazing, and he does it without breaking a sweat. I think it was really cool, and it really cemented Dumbledore in your head. It's like, oh, wow, that's why everyone fears him. He's not just some random old man with a bunch of knowledge. He can really do this. He's a scary guy, you know, he's an absolute G when it comes to the Wizarding World, so that's why I really love Order of the Phoenix for that final 20-minute battle sequence, it's just incredible, and then where the Harry Potter movies start to take a dip, at number six, we put in Philosopher's Stone, I think Philosopher's Stone is a great movie, it obviously started the whole thing, started the ball rolling, but it is a little bit worse than the other five movies. So at number six, I put in Philosopher's Stone. It's good, but it's not as good as those great, great movies. They definitely found their stride from Azkaban onwards. And number seven is Chamber of Secrets. Once again, it's a great film. It's just not as good as the others. And I did enjoy it, but I do think the writing and the dialogue when it came to Chamber of Secrets was probably the weakest of all the Harry Potter movies. I think the dialogue in Chamber of Secrets was the worst written script when it comes to all the Harry Potter films. However, that's not saying much because they're all written really well. So Chamber of Secrets is still a great movie. It just wasn't written as well as the other Harry Potter movies. And at number eight, the worst Harry Potter movie, I'm sure you all can guess it by now, I haven't mentioned it yet, Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire to me is the worst Harry Potter film because it's just a little odd. It's just a little weird. It doesn't make sense to me. When you see them growing out their hair really long, they have really ratty clothes, their ties aren't done up properly, they're all sort of scruffy. It's just weird. It's just odd. I get they're going through puberty and they're going through that stage of life, but to me, it just didn't really suit all the characters. And another thing that didn't suit the characters was Dumbledore. When you see Dumbledore yell at Harry when his name's pulled out of the goblet for the Triwizard Tournament, 
That's really out of character. And in the books, Dumbledore didn't do that. In the books, Dumbledore was really calm, cool, and collected. And he said to Harry, you know, was your name in there? How did your name get in there? And he was calm and collected because that's what Dumbledore's like. It was really out of character for him to scream and yell at Harry. And I found that a lot when it came to the Goblet of Fire is that all the characters were acting really weird, really out of character. None of them were really being themselves and true to how they were in the books. So that's why Goblet of Fire, to me, is the worst Harry Potter movie, but it's still a good movie. When you compare it with all the other movies in the world, all the other movies that came out that year, Goblet of Fire is still a great film. It's just can't compete with the other incredible films that came in that Harry Potter franchise. So that's my ranking for my favorite Harry Potter movies. Let me know on my Instagram at Talking Flicks if you agree with my rankings. Let me know what films you think is the best. Uh, I hope you guys like this episode, like me breaking down everything there was to do with Harry Potter, as it's pretty big news that they're going to be making a television series. You know, it's huge. A lot of people are angry, some people are happy, and it's definitely a big moment in time. And it's a time that it could go wrong because a lot of stories coming out lately have been pushing an agenda and narrative and have seen that they are only there for money. So will this Harry Potter series be pushing an agenda? Are they doing it just for monetary gain, to push propaganda, to push an agenda? Or are they trying to stay true to the Harry Potter books and stay true to J.K. Rowling? And another question that you have to ask at the end of this episode, I'll just squeeze it in there, is that with J.K. Rowling having all the controversy around her with the transgender comments and everything. What are they going to do with the series? Are they going to push back against that? Is there going to be a trans character? Are there going to be lines in the series where they sort of, you know, show that they side with the transgender people? Because, you know, there will be people out there uh, who like to protest and, and liberal people who will be expecting this. And so I wonder if they're going to do that or if they're going to stay true to the stories, stay true to what J.K. Rowling wrote and respect what she wrote as the creator of Harry Potter. I don't know. Let me know what your opinion is on that and my Instagram. I hope you guys like this video. And uh, as always, I'll see you on my next one.